We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in. It is 25th of July. Goodness gracious, uh, 7.42 a.m. It's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by on the other side of the screen there, Scott Kennedy. Scott, good morning to you. Happy Tuesday. How you doing? I feel like we've uh, been ships passing in the night re- recently somewhat, but it's good to hang out and have a little normalcy here for today at least. I know. The uh, the schedule's been off a little bit, but it's going to have to get on a little bit because football's almost here. Uh, yep. You know, you mentioned it. I was looking at it. I was like, wait a minute. First preseason games are just a little over two weeks away. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay. We're here, boys. We're here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's... uh. It's crazy. Still got obviously some fun stuff coming up this year. I got the, the Yosemite permits to climb Half Dome in September. Hopefully it's not on fire then, um, but uh, with the snowpack they had this year and also going to be out in Denver, going to head there a little Colorado a little bit early um, when uh, we're coming out for the Broncos Packers game. So that'll be exciting as well to meet everybody, but I'll be up in uh, Estes Park with my family a little bit before that. But uh, let's say hello to some people joining in the chat. I made the Classic air, a little bit of how the sausage is made for you guys. We make the stream and then we have to hit create broadcast on it. And I wrote everything up at like 6 a.m. my time, 7 a.m. your time. Like, okay, we're good to go. We'll go at 6.30 my time. We'll be great. Come down here, set up the computer at 6.32 or something. It's like, oh, didn't hit the final button. So, yeah, And meanwhile, starting at 9 o'clock my time, I'm hitting refresh every 60 seconds to see if he's built the stream. And then I'm checking to see, wait, did he say he's not, he's not supposed to be out today? What's going no. on? I'm here five more minutes. And then I was like, I was going to build it. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not ready to go solo. Give me a, a little notice and I can go solo. But uh, especially in the morning when I was like, okay, well, we talk about the Wazirike, which we will again, but you know, we hit on that a lot last night too. So yeah, good to, good to have you here, Nick. Yeah. The uh, solo shows are good, especially because the chat is so good. Um, but uh, the shows are 10 times better when we, uh, we can hang out together and talk a little ball. But speaking of the chat, Let's say hello to everybody who's joined us so far today. We got our guy, Jeremy Sean, first in here, uh, dropping. And if you guys are joining us this morning, drop a thumbs up on the way and say hello as well. Uh, Saying good morning, boys. Anyone hedging their bets on this upcoming season? What do you mean by that, Jeremy? What do you mean by hedging your bets on this upcoming season? Uh, Like just as far as expectations go or actually putting your money down somewhere, hedging your bets a little bit? No, I think he means are you lowering your expectations based on you know, some of the newness has worn off. Okay. We've got Sean Payton, the excitement. It's all going to be better. Wait a minute. 
you know, there's still problems around this team and there will continue to be upcoming problems. Well, mm -hmm. you know, I had a football coach that said, you know, there are no problems. There's just obstacles we have yet to overcome. Uh, the defensive line is one of those and we'll get into that one for sure. Yeah. Been concerned about the defensive line on the show for a bit. Scott, you and I are both, I think very much influenced by college football dominance as well in that a little bit where honestly, I think in college football, the number one indicator of a great team is your talent on the defensive line versus the NFL where it's a quarterback league, but uh, very concerned uh, overall about the Broncos defensive front talent entering the season. I had a little bit of pushback on Twitter about this, but I said, uh, I think that this Broncos defensive front edge rushers and defensive in, interior defensive line included might be the least talented group. This Broncos team has fielded since 2010, um, which is a long time ago. Now I think on paper, they're better than the 2010 team, but the uh, this might be the the most concerned I've been about the edge rushers and the interior defensive line since pre Von Miller in Denver back in 2010. Yeah, I, I think the concern is fair. If you're lining it up and just playing Madden, the talent is probably there. But then you talk about the 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 concern about injuries. You know, yeah. is it's like you know a healthy Randy Gregory is, is I think is can be every bit as dominant, if not more so, than Bradley Chubb. Hmm. Um, but how much can you count on him? I think Zach Allen can be an upgrade over what you had last year in Draymond Jones. I, I, I really think he can, uh, but he hasn't proven that yet. Um, and he's been injured too. And then the depth is, is frightening. The depth is frightening. Yeah. It's not even the depth right now. You know, I mean, like you said, if you're in a four man front and you got Jonathan Harris listed or, you know, as one of the guys out there, you're like, I, I, was trying to cut him last about this time last year, Nick. Yeah. So yeah, we'll get into the Ruiz Rique stuff, but uh, good to see you, Jeremy. Make sure you guys are dropping the thumbs up, saying hello on the way in. Bama X is in the house. He knows a little something about dominant defensive fronts, helping you just create dynasties in college football. Bama X says morning Broncos country. Good to see you, Bama X. We got our guy, Michael Ronquillo coming in here with the star saying good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham with the blue heart, the orange heart, and the salute. God bless you, Michael. Thank you so much for the support, the constant support in here. I mean, you are definitely on our, as Chad likes to say, our Mount Rushmore. So we appreciate you coming in and saying hello. Always appreciate the uh, hello after the show as well. You know, a little bit of an echo effect on that saying good show today. We appreciate you. I'm saying I'm giving you a thank you in advance to that one. Wang Chung 21 saying BFB into my veins. It's so good. Well, make sure that you are, uh, being a little bit safe, you know, you don't want too much uh, BFB into the veins. Uh, I think, what is it? Any any medicine at too much of a dose is a poison. But uh, we appreciate you coming in and saying hello to us, Wang Chung. Good to see you. Facebook user, not sure who this is, but I'm guessing. Oh, gosh, who's who's been having the issues with Facebook user? Uh, is Benjamin Flores is one. Yes. Ernie Mays is another. Yes. <laughs> it didn't say Broncos country only or right. Broncos for life only. So I'm guessing this is Benjamin Flores. So hope you fellows are doing well. Excited to get football started. Me too. Facebook user, me too. Dave Klassman in the house with us. Hearts, good to see you. Albert Knopper's in here. Michaela Israel, always good to see you. Good morning, guys. Good morning to you, Albert, also. Keith Brugman saying, gentlemen, do you think it was a gamble not addressing the defensive line, especially now with Wazarike out for the year and burying the lead here a little bit? That's the big story today. I didn't want to just harp on it too much because I'm sure they did it a lot yesterday, and we'll have a chance to talk about it too. But Broncos 2022 fourth-round pick, interior defensive lineman from Iowa State, Ioe Wazurike has been suspended for the year for gambling on NFL games. I'm not 
I don't know the specifics. I don't know if it was like in a team facility in a hotel uh, or anything like that, but they are educated on this coming in. He gambled and now he is out for the year has not been cut yet. Uh, but the Broncos interior defensive line concerns get that much more problematic entering this year. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, we, we mentioned it before, uh, you know, we were one of the first ones to really stand up and say, oh, my goodness. And you brought it to my attention. And then I started looking at it. I'm like, whoa, yeah, the, 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 the defensive line is a little bit scary. But Keith, you say, do you think it was a gamble not addressing the defensive line? And I see now it's a it's a pun. Good job, Keith. Thank you. It's a gamble. <laughs> You're uh, yeah, I got it. Um, I, did not. <laughs> I didn't get it yet. No, I'm, I'm reading through it and I'm trying to bring up one of the supers coming up. I'm trying to bring up a list of free agents that we'll talk about and spot racks timing out for me right now. Um, but uh, to answer this question, it's, it's not done. Uh, I've said from the get go, expect to hear Broncos have signed two. Now, Nick, I'll say three. I expect three guys on the defensive line that are 300 plus pounds to be signed between now and September 1st. Whether they end up being starters, whatnot, watch for the cuts. I'll say September 5th because the, the cuts that knock it down to the 53, pulling guys off of practice squads, whatnot. They're not done. Were they able to get the guys they wanted up till now? Probably not. So I'm not going to call it a mistake. I'll call it a mistake if it goes up until week one and you haven't brought anybody in. But you have to prioritize things and... You know, if the guy's not there in the draft pick or it's not there in free agency, what what are you going to do? 
you you can't don't don't force it. Don't bring in a guy that can't play just to take up a roster spot. That's that's not any good either. There will be players that can come in and help this team that will be available that are available over the course of the next six weeks. This Broncos team is not done. Who are those guys going to be? I don't know. Some of them will be a surprise. Cap casualty, you know, cut from team X, Y, and Z. They're not done. It, will it be a mistake if they leave it alone? Absolutely. That's not going to happen. Yeah, they'll they'll have to do something, but it will be. I'll be curious to follow the lesser known players on the defensive line. And fortunately for me, maybe unfortunately watching the product, but fortunately for me, I think for you too, Scott, our favorite positions to really watch and dig into are the defensive line guys. So uh, the fact that that's probably going to be pretty high up on the list of positions that are we need to monitor this offseason means that we're gonna we're gonna know what we're talking about and we're gonna know if they have it or not so uh, a little bit concerned about it and just to be fully transparent it's not like the broncos lost dj jones for the year it's not like they lost zach allen for the year wazarike was a second year player who started to come on a bit towards the end of last season he was an older draft pick i believe at 24 years old coming out of iowa state but somebody that could uh, had a really large chance to take a step forward in terms of role and responsibility and snaps this season. Not that the Broncos were depending on him, but now you have one. Le- it's like you're playing uh, Yahtzee or something, or you have to you have to roll a two, and you had three dice before, and now you're down to two. Your chances of rolling that two got went down by one factor. So hopefully the Broncos can uh, figure it out. And it's too bad about Awazirike. We're not sure. It's not a guarantee he would have been a big player this season. He could have been a total bust, uh, but is what it is, and the Broncos are now looking for uh, some help there. We got Daniel Swafford coming in here. Good to see you, Daniel. Saying, morning, guys, with the suspension of Owazirike, do you, who do you hope we go after for depth? And do the Broncos cut Owazirike as well? So far, players have been, I think almost every single player that's been hit with this a year-long suspension has been cut. That being said, I think Owazirike might be the highest uh, draft pick uh, that has been done. I'm not sure about, no, the, I mean, James, Jameson Williams, the guy like that, they, that the Colts cut the cornerbacks, the Colts cut, I think was higher up on the list of priorities than Owazirike would have been. Okay. I'm not sure what draft pick the Colts guy was. And Owazirike was an early fourth. Yeah. Uh, so. I mean, typically you get knocked down a peg is, is the, is the punishment. So if you were a starter, okay, you're going to, you're going to sit the bench. If you were a bench you're you might, you know, get moved. But if you were, on the bubble anyway, and the only reason that Rosarike would not be on the bubble right now is because he was a draft pick and he's cheap and cost controlled. But let's be honest, he's on the he was on the bubble for talent wise, for production wise, he's probably gone. Um, Daniel, when I was looking this up, I went over, over to the cap. I had a little grin when I looked at available free agents and looked at the bottom up of guys that are available that weren't making any money. And I swear to God, Nick, five of those guys were on the Falcons scrap heap last year. Because they put in the poverty franchise who was scraping together, you know, shaking couch cushions out, trying to find money to pay these guys. Um, as, as I'm looking through some of these names, Derek Tangelo, um, Perrion Winfrey's there, Mike Pinnell, Tyler Davison. All those guys played for the Falcons at one point or another while they didn't have any money. Jonathan Kongbo is a guy that could be brought back. Uh, I believe he played, had a cup of coffee with the Broncos. So there will be depth guys in there. Uh, you're going to save some of that free agent money for maybe I can pull off somebody that gets waived and throw them a one-year, six or seven million dollar deal and bring in really help this team. Yeah, I, I do want to go back a little bit. I am curious to see if they do cut a Wazirike. I think I'm 50-50 right now. Another big reason I'm not, I'm not sure about the specifics of the Colts uh, cornerback, but 
Owazurike still has three years of control left, and he's not going to count against the roster. So I, I don't think and he's also not getting paid big money. So right. I think it's probably better to just stash him for a year. Uh, my big question on this is what happens to the year of eligibility? Like when a guy comes in to the league, like Christopher Allen came in last season and his uh, for the Broncos undrafted free agent, Ed Rusher. And because he was a non-football injury list, Nothing. I think he, yeah, he gets Nothing. look, think Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley's year didn't change. He was still playing on his fifth year deal. Um, and, and okay. it didn't count against that's why he's going to be 30 years old when he's playing in the first year of his second contract. So, so next year, the Broncos will still have three years of control. I think so. If they so that's to, another yeah. reason to hold yeah. on to him just for the cost controlled of the years. Um, so I, pro- I probably was would- the mystery cornerback we keep talking about, and he was a six round pick, but he also, uh, has started 45 games in his first three years. So uh, when I think of forget the draft pick, think of this what was a done. starter that they yeah. they waived. Yeah, and he probably yeah. didn't have three years left on his contract. <laughs> he probably had one year left on his contract, and that was it. Being mm-hmm. a you know a, a third year guy go, going into his fourth year. Yeah, yeah. So my gut would be to uh, hold on to him just because of the years of control and the fact that he doesn't count against the roster or anything. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens here. Regardless, the Broncos are going to have to address the defensive line. They probably did have to before uh, this news. And here we are now. Did want to give a shout out to Clayton here on saying morning guys, smash that like button and share to all platforms. Today is a huge milestone for me. One year sober sticking with my guns, 10 and 14 season, 10 to 14 win season for the Broncos. Well, Clayton 10 to 14 is great, but the one year sober is even better. Congrats to you, man. That is uh that takes a lot of conviction and work. I'm uh, really proud of you and uh, congrats to you and your family for that. That's a yeah, lot of consistency. We, sh- we share that in common, Clayton. One day at a time, man. It's uh, don't try and get through the rest of your life today. It's tough. So just one day at a time. You don't have to get through tomorrow. You just need to get through today. One day at a time. Cool. Congrats to you, Clayton, and uh, shout out to you as well, Scott. Talking about Scott, we got Scott Lind coming in here. <laughs> Dinger Dave eighty eight over on Twitch says hi from Scotland, guys. T- good morning to you, Dinger. Good to see you. Hope you're doing well. We appreciate you coming in. Um, and I'll say it is Benjamin Flores here. I'm not sure what's going on, man. It's I hope you're doing well. Keith comes in here and says, flipping the other side of the ball. What are your thoughts on Andrew Norwell? Only problem is he plays powers positions. Uh, Andrew Norwell was a <clears throat> really pretty good guard for the Panthers. Got signed a huge deal with the Jags and uh, didn't really live up to the contract with the Jags. Uh, he was a part of like a super offensive line for that Ohio State team that won the national championship behind the legs of uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Their offensive line also was unbelievable uh, that season. So Andrew Norwell left guard. I'm still pretty concerned about the overall depth uh, and versatility of the backup interior offensive line uh, right now, because your number one guy is probably it's God. Is it Luke Wattenberg? Is it Alex Forsyth? Is it Cam Fleming as your backup guards? I mean, I just, the depth on the interior offensive line, is uh, concerning for me. So uh, if he wants to come in and for a really cheap contract, maybe he can play some left guard and right guard. I'm interested. I'm more interested in somebody who has some center versatility as well. And I'm not sure Norwell has that, uh, but anywhere the Broncos can get better. That's fine. He's probably holding out for a spot though, where he'd have a chance to come in and start uh, where that's not the case for the Broncos. Yeah, I would think so. He was, he earned $9 million. It looks like last year. Um or is it five and a half? I'm not used to looking at over the cap. Spot rack is is choking out on me. So he may have made the five last year. Um, 
sorry, Jeremy. Jeremy, make sure I think Nick's going to type in, hit the refresh, but we did start. We were a few minutes late. Um, but uh, I've seen some reactions to our comments, so I know there's some people in here. Norwell would be a really good idea, but he's not good. Again, he's going to want to hold out for a starting position. Um, and if that doesn't happen, then again, we Nick, we mentioned before, you can sign guys. You can sign these types that are holding out. I want a starting position. We didn't get one. How about $2 million and you you can come here and compete? And frankly, you're going to play. You know, who, who plays 17 games every snap these days on the offensive line? It's pretty rare. You know, you you come in here, you'll be our number three guy. You're going to you're gonna get a chance. You're going to get a chance to play. Yeah. And playing, you know, for the Broncos right now, the thing is about trying to convince a guard to come in here is that I do feel pretty solidified with those guard spots. Uh, I mean, just with the investments they have, Quinn Miners is somebody still up and coming, unless I think he can play center, but I just, I don't see that happening. There's been no real indication of that other than, I think it was, oh gosh, uh, Jesse Palmer mentioned after the Broncos signed powers that the Broncos were uh, still looking at guards, which to me would mean that they at least were considering Miners kicking over uh, mm-hmm. to center if with, you know, reading the tea leaves on that one. So anything's possible, but just there's been no uh, indication that that's uh, go- they're in their minds since then. But uh, into your offensive line, depth is a big concern for me. If you are one injury away from a pretty concerning player there, given what we saw from Wattenberg last season and the unknown of third to last pick in the entire draft, Alex Forsyth. And looking at at Norwell, he's played 8,400 snaps in his career at left guard. He's played 86 snaps at other, 82 at guard, right guard, and four at right tackle. <laughs> yeah, none at center, none at center. Yep. So again, not totally against it, especially if he wants to come in and work on some versatility. And this was one reason, uh, Scott, that I was like, not. I and he struggled last year. Don't get me wrong. But like you would love to have a Graham Glasgow as your interior rotational guy where he can come in and play two games. He's not great, but he can play center and guard spots and be your seventh offensive lineman. You're not paying him like the seventh. I know that I'm talking about like a guy in a close to league minimum for that level of uh, ability. But that that typecast uh, on this blood, team. man, I understand what you're saying, but I'm like, if I'm going to get mediocre, I want it to be someone new that's mediocre that mm-hmm. has, you know, that has something else to prove. Glasgow is comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, put somebody, you know, challenge them, put them in a new environment. I know this is a new environment with Sean Payton and all that type of stuff, but this team needs new blood. Yeah. They don't need the same voices in there, the same faces. And they did, they brought in a bunch of new players in there. You know, like I said, think of it like a, a Madden. If I've got a 65, you know, let's say Glasgow's a 65 and he can be a 65 these fish. Yeah, he's got versatile. Yeah, he's cheap. But man, I can find a 65 somewhere else from a 26-year-old somewhere, you know, that that is hungry, not on the back end of their careers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I would say right now I don't see that guy on this team. It's a possibility, but I think uh, the the body types specifically for the scheme, I don't see the typecast of a power scheme able 
guard center type. And yep. uh, that, that concerns me. Uh, obviously we're talking a lot of trenches today, but that's uh, that's near and dear to Scott and I's heart. Uh, we got uh, Philip Hogginson coming in here saying, good morning guys. Good to see you, Philip. Uh, Jer- uh, Greg Smith is in the house. Good to see you. Greg says, good morning, Bron- the Broncos for breakfast, Denver Broncos for life. You're doing well. Uh, Jeremy got it going. That's good to hear. Good to see you, Jeremy. Daniel Vasquez in the house and good morning from H town. Anxious to see how the Broncos will do this upcoming season. Let's go Broncos, Denver Broncos for life. Good to see you. I hope you're doing well and said, wow, you are, you are there, nothing there after 735. What's up? We are here. Uh, hopefully it's all good um, for you as well, Kevin Gray. Good to see you, Kevin. Denver Broncos for life for you. And he says MHH for life. Uh, pivoting real quick, we'll come back to Wazarika here. But I did want to talk about this uh, article from Eric Edholm uh, from NFL.com. He talks about the biggest challenge for every team this season. And for the Broncos, he talks about striking a balance with Russell Wilson being the biggest challenge. Uh, Eric writes, in Seattle, Wilson became one of the league's best playmakers, even as he sometimes was held back by Seattle, the Seahawks system. Well, that's maybe debatable. Uh, last season in Denver, with Wilson having more autonomy over the offense, he had arguably his poorest NFL campaign. Enter Sean Payton, who hasn't really had a quarterback like Wilson before, but whose offenses were some of the more productive in the NFL in New Orleans for the last 15 years. Payton's roots are in the West Coast offense, but he regularly varied formations and used a heavy dose of shotgun with a wide run game and short intermediate pass game as key staples. Payton also has tailored his offense to varying skill sets, as he saw when he called plays for Taysom Hill. Payton and Wilson have been two of the best at what they do in the past, but can they find common ground in the present and end the quarterback slump that will likely define how far the Broncos can go in 2023? I like Eric. I think Eric does a good job at NFL.com. I think that he, and given the parameters of the body of text that he can fit in there, uh, you can't add much nuance to that, but I want to push back a little bit in terms of how he typecasted Sean Payton in the pass game in this, talking about the shotgun and the quick pass game. Early on, in uh, when Drew Brees first came to New Orleans, there was a lot of under center. There was a lot of five and seven step drops. There was a lot of play action. There was a lot of run game. If you guys recall the Reggie Bush, Deuce McAllister show, uh, there early on in uh, Sean Payton's time in New Orleans. It became the Drew Brees quick pass game in the second half of uh, Drew Brees' career there in New Orleans. So I think we have seen uh, this type of offense that will fit what uh, Russell Wilson does. Will they find a balance? I think it's more about personalities than style of offensive play that we're going to have questions about this offseason. Well, I think one of the best things Sean Payton does is gets the most out of what he has. You know, we talk about Drew Brees a lot, but he, he says different style of quarterbacks. And you mentioned Taysom Hill. What about Jameis Winston? You know, Jameis Winston is a pure dropback passer. You know, he doesn't move hardly at all. Teddy Bridgewater is a little bit of a hybrid. He went 4-0, earned a huge contract under, 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 uh, under Sean Payton. So, again, I was more impressed with Sean Payton when he didn't have Drew Brees. That's when I became a believer. You know, okay, you've got Drew Brees. Drew Brees is great, and you helped make Drew Brees great. I get that, and you've helped turn around one of the worst franchises in the NFL and turn him into a, an NFC powerhouse. But he he was successful with multiple quarterbacks with multiple skill sets, mm-hmm. and that's what sold me. And him being there the year after Russell Wilson falls flat on his face is a good thing. Because you don't have to worry about him coming in and there being an ego clash. And I came here to do this and this is what I'm going to do. Russell Wilson has been humbled. Russell Wilson is not going to come in and is not going to be demanding anything under Sean Mm -hmm. Payton. He's going to be, coach, help me. 
I what whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And the the timing on this is good as well, Nick. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I am curious uh, to see, again, it's more about the personalities. Will Russell, Russell Wilson have the full buy-in? And even more so, is Sean Payton going to buy what Russell Wilson is doing? And will it be good enough? Because this is, as we've said on the show a thousand times, this is Sean Payton's team. And every chance he's had, you know, softball questions to really, you know, speak super kindly or, you know, just hype up Russell Wilson. He's been like, yeah. He's uh he's our quarterback right now, and uh, we you know we have him, and he's gonna be he's gonna be fine. Just he hasn't really talked up anybody for the most part. You know he's yeah. he's warm to some of the guys, but and and that's a good. He's not treating Russell Wilson any differently than he's treating anybody else, and that's mm-hmm. isn't that what we all want to see? But you know who treats us differently? Gary Lee's Palmer. Thank you, Gary. He's coming in with a big yellow super chat. Says good morning, Nick and Scott. Go Broncos and Buckham. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, hope you are doing well today. We appreciate the support. Yeah, we really do appreciate the support, Gary. Thank you for coming in and choosing Broncos for Breakfast as your uh, favorite show. I'm going to put those words in your mouth, and <laughs> you put your money where your mouth is there, so I'm going to assume that. Thank you so much, Gary. We appreciate you. Uh, good to see you. David Yunkin, Yunkin in here saying, good morning, Broncos country. Hope you're doing well. And uh, Keith coming in about the de- a defensive question. He says, last season, uh, last question, uh, does Vance Joseph run more stunts on defense than we saw from Isher Evero? Felt like we were predictable up front last year. I think the Broncos had the oh God, this the NFL is really kind of pisses me off sometimes because they're pretty gatekeepy with a lot of their advanced stats. Like you'll see a really cool graphic that next gen stats will put out like GPS data or like predictive rate on cover two blitzes or something like that. And it's like, where the heck is this data? Well, it's all uh, proprietary information that the teams pay a lot of money for that you can get. But guess what? Us peons that are not, you know, part of these massive billion dollar organizations. Don't get the data. We get what we get. So uh, information like the stunts and the blitzes, it'd be awesome to see the EPA per play on that, the rate of the type of blitzes, et cetera, et cetera. What I can tell you is that the Broncos, I think, had the fourth highest blitz rate of any team in the NFL last season, and they were one of the more successful uh, blitzing teams in the NFL last season as well. Uh, They played a lot of cover three and cover six on first and second down, and then they'd go into a really a more aggressive cover one look on third down. Now that dropped a bit as the season went on and the defensive front talent, uh, pretty much just fell off an absolute cliff was depleted. Yes. Uh, yep. Yep. So, uh, that will be interesting, but I got to say that from my understanding of the data, Keith, uh, your assumption that, um, we were predictable up front last season was not super true. We saw a lot of, uh, blitzes from jewel Alexander Singleton, you know, got the edge rushers that are a little bit more of the hybrid dropping back in space, et cetera, et cetera. So, Vance Joseph will also be a blitz-ish oriented guy, you know, more of a pressure package. And part of that's probably because you're better in the secondary in terms of your talent there versus your upfront talent. Like you can leave Pat Sertan on Island. You feel pretty good. How many of the defensive pass rushers can you say, okay, we got a one-on-one matchup. They're going to win every time. I I don't know if the Broncos have that guy. Uh, So I think we will see a more uh, defensive uh, pressure-oriented defense this season. The big question will be matching up run fits and coverage with the pre- pressure packages. And we've heard Vance Joseph talk about that, where he's been picking the brain and talking a lot with ascending defensive mind superstar Christian Parker and how they can work that match quarters defense, the Vic Fangio influence, and the Azure Evero influence into what Vance Joseph wants to do in terms of more of the pressure up front. What it looks like, 
We don't know just yet, but know that Christian Parker has having a large influence on what's happening with run fits and uh, coverages on the back end. Nick hit on it with personnel for me. Predictable's okay as long as my bike, my guy can beat your guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the uh, if the Broncos are lining up with Baron Browning and, and Randy Gregory on the outside, and Zach Allen plays really well, I can be predictable. That doesn't mean you can beat me. Um, you know, we talk about this on the other side of the line. If if I've got a really strong offensive line, I can tell you I'm going to run the ball. Try and stop me. You might mm-hmm. not be able to. Uh, and then when you do, I'm just going to go over the top. So predictable can be okay um, as long as it's not predictably over-aggressive. You know, oh, it's this situation. They're going to blitz. Okay, well, I've got a hot route, and I'm going to beat these guys, and you're going to be in trouble. So I'm not I'm not too worried about the, the predictable. But, like, as as Nick said, um, you know, and, and again, it's still football. Sometimes mm-hmm. it is predictable. It's up to you to to beat me. You know, if my guy can beat, beat your guy, it doesn't matter if you know what I'm going to do. Um. You know, what's predictable is, you know, Tom Brady's going to throw the ball around in the fourth. Okay. He's still pretty tough to stop. <laughs> um, yeah. Let me see here. One Albert Knoppers comes in. He says, so from what I hear, you guys are on the same page as I, that uh, Lloyd Cushenberry could be the weakest link in our, in our O-line. I'm not even going to say could, Albert. Uh, could be. Uh, there is no could be in there. Al- uh, Lloyd Cushenberry is the weakest link in your offensive line. Um, at least on paper right now, unless, you know, McGlinchey and, and Powers cannot acclimate at all to the Denver Broncos and fall flat on their face. But the way they played last year, they played better than Lloyd Cushenberry did as, as a center with Denver Broncos has ever played. Um, yeah. It's it's astounding to me how many chances he's gotten and not been replaced because he hasn't been good and this is going on his fourth year. This is a player it could be, oh, he was a four-year starter with the Denver Broncos and now he can't get a contract. They didn't renew him. They went and signed big money or drafted a guy. Uh, he's out there in the market. Why hasn't anybody signed Lloyd Cushenberry? Nick, does that sound like anybody else we know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Broncos. Who else is out there? Out there was a, you know started a bunch yeah. of games for the Denver Broncos and now isn't anywhere. Dalton Reisner. Hey, uh, I, yeah, I know. Yeah, I just <laughs> Dalton Reisner. I'm not, I don't want to disparage him too much because maybe he wants to come in and take some chances at center as well. But it's back to your point of new blood out there. But hey, he's the 26, 27 year old at least who maybe can play some spots. Yeah. But uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, Reisner similarly. I th- Lloyd Cushenberry is definitely the weakest link from this line. I do want to, qu- I do have a question for you. If you had to bet ROI on the offensive line this season, return on investment. Win minors. You think okay, I was going to say the worst? Oh, the ROI. worst. Whoo, that's a tough. I mean, Quinn Miners is your best value pick because he's yes. cheap and he's good. Uh, yes. That's that's an easy number one. Um, bad is bad, so I don't care what. If you're cheap and bad, bad. It's almost like you can't divide a number by zero; it becomes <laughs> undefined. True. Yeah. So that kind of take for me. That kind of takes Lloyd Cushenberry. It's like I don't care that he's cheap. He's, he hasn't been good enough. He's, he's, he's yeah. hurting your team. Mm-hmm. So that's still the worst for me. Um, you know, it, it's not like a straight math equation where this guy's making $10 million and he's a one, this guy's making $5 million and he's, he's also a, you know, he's a 0. Yeah. 0.75. Well, the 0. 0.75 stinks. I mean, they both stink. I, I think to your point here is, did you overpay for your left guard? Probably. Did you overpay for your right tackle? Probably. If those guys play as they're expected, you don't care. It's it's okay. Yeah. Did you overpay for Russell Wilson? Yes. Was that the problem? No. 
The problem was he stunk. Yeah. That was the problem. So yeah. the, me, the worst ROI is still Lloyd Cushenberry because he is a detriment and ha- hopefully that changes. He has been a liability on your offensive line for the two years that I've been covering this team. Yeah. I, what I was getting at was my concern of the return on investment for Mike McGlinchey, right. uh, given like if he plays Eight, like a what, C minus. $18 million right now? Yeah. I mean, that's, something, that's huge money. Yeah. And if he plays like a C minus right tackle, right. Uh, that would be, I mean, there's a, there's a reality out there where what we saw from Cam Fleming last season is better than what we get from Mike McGlinchey. And Fleming was, you know, one eighteenth of the price. Right. Uh, so but that's again, a $15 million C is still better than a one and a half million dollar F. Yeah. In the immediacy, maybe not long term. Right, right. Again, for, for but, one season. Yes. You know, for, for next year, if I'm still stuck with a $15 million C and I can move on from my $1 million foot for, for right now, for this season, your Lloyd Cushenberry is the, the biggest problem you've got on the offensive line. And if that changes great, you know, yep. if he plays at a, if he plays at a C level, and becomes a top 18, moves out of the bottom five, and just becomes an adequate NFL player, a war. We love that stat. The war wins yeah. against replacement. The, the replacement is an average level player. If he becomes a zero on a war where he's as good as an average NFL center, you're okay. I'm, you're, you're fine with that. Then, then he becomes worth what he's making. Yeah, without a doubt. it's uh, We're worried about Cushenberry, um, and uh, we've been worried about Cushenberry since, God, you can go back to January last season saying the Broncos need to replace the center position, and uh, they haven't yet. We'll see what happens. We're hoping that having two more stalwart, stronger guys on the uh, offensive line will help them. Maybe you can scheme up a bit more help for Cushenberry. The biggest issue with Cushenberry is that he stayed on a lot of his blocks but he is constantly on skates uh, getting back. I mean, he, that's why his, um, so we talked about this before, Scott, that's why his pass rush grade for PFF or ESPN is always really high because they equate keeping your hands on a guy as a win. But you and I watching them can see that he's getting his hands on the guy, but getting knocked back three or four yards. Yeah, that's I, not a I win. Put my hands on a guy. Uh, give me a corner and line him up. They'll keep a hands on a guy. Yes. That doesn't yep. mean that, that they're being effective. Um, Andrew Lampy feels like it's been a minute since we've seen you. So welcome back in and thank you for the stars. Appreciate the support. Hope your summer has been doing well. Yeah. Thank you so much, Andrew. But that's the big concern, uh, with, uh, Cushenberry is that his ability to anchor, especially with a quarterback who probably needs a strong pocket in front of him because otherwise he can't see and will struggle over the middle of the field. So hopefully with, you know, somebody with the mass and strength that powers has Quinn miners a year better in pass protection. Let's be honest. The, uh, the technique for pass protection for Quinn Miners varied greatly last season. There were a few, you know, olays, and the guy went around him where he'd kind of lunge and miss a guy. Uh, but if those two can be better around him, then maybe you can work in a little bit more double teams and protect Cushenberry uh, where he's not getting blown back uh, guys into his chest and whatnot. He's he's a long player. He's kind of, like I've said on here, he's built like a bullfrog. Uh, so his base and his ability to anchor is not amazing. But maybe with double teams, you can at least, you know, tread water there for a season. Uh, but same with the defensive line Broncos had so many areas that they needed to improve upon limited draft capital. Wasn't going to, you weren't going to be able to fix everything in one season. So center is one where we're sitting here with our fingers crossed. I, I don't, 
maybe bring in Ben Jones, maybe do something else. But I feel like we're in a fingers crossed for that one this uh, for this season. Right. And, and Jeremy says a concern with Cushenberry is how he loses. Mostly it's not his brain that he, he just gets bullied. There's no light bulb to go on for strength. I agree and then disagree on this. Um, Jeremy, and you've heard me talk about it before. Yes, he's in, he's he's giving Russell Wilson way too many lap dances in any kind of running play, passing play. It doesn't matter. If there's a guy head up over Cushenberry, Cushenberry's in your offensive backfield. That's bad. Yeah. The other part, if there's not, and it's a passing, we Keith was just talking about stunts. The Broncos' ability or lack thereof to pick up stunts was mind-boggling. If they just crisscross tackle goes towards it or the, the defensive tackle goes towards off in the tackle and the end loops around behind him that end every single time I watch came through free. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's experience. And there's your brain. Oh, he's really smart. Really? Well, then how come they don't know how to pick up a stunt? Yeah. The, the guys, you know, we're, we're staring here. We're locked on the guy. Hey, hey, look at him. He's going over there. Oh, what about this 300 pound dude that just went flying by me to my left? It, it was, it was absolutely baffling yeah. how bad this team was at, at the basics of the offensive line, Nick. Yeah. The communication, the chemistry, I don't know how much of that is on uh, Butch Berry, who is a, uh... it, it's yeah. I'm not putting any, I'm not putting hundred percent of the blame on anybody. Yeah. There's lots to go around. What, what did, what did Sean Payton say? Everybody's got dirty hands. There's plenty to go around. Yeah, you uh, know, Butch Berry, Lloyd Cushenberry, Russell Wilson. I mean, you bring in a correct, how do you not correct that? Just get in his way on a yeah. stunt and a pass, you know, talking about keeping your hands on somebody, Nick. You just got to yeah. get in the way of a guy on a stunt. It's okay if you get run over you, then he has to jump over you at least. Yeah, it was terrible. It was really bad. And uh, we'll see how it looks this season. Uh, I don't think there's going to be as much acceptance for that level of just mental errors. I mean, I, I know that for a fact, uh, that's one of the first things that's coming in. We're going to have these guys running windbreakers uh, for mistakes at training camp coming out here. So hopefully it'll get better, getting better here. We got Alec blaze coming in 499 says that, am I the only one insanely excited for our wide receiver room? I haven't heard much people insanely excited for the wide receiver room, but you do have a lot of quality, are a lot of potential quality options. Uh, obviously, Jerry Judy entering year four of his career looked like the light bulb maybe came on for him at the end of last season. Now you have a offensive mind that hopefully can maximize him. Uh, really think that based on all the rumors we saw from Jerry Judy this off season and the fact that he wasn't constantly on social media makes me think that maybe you know he, he came in the league what 20, 21 years old. Yeah, he now may, he's going to be he may be twenty three right now. 23, 24, 25. I mean, you he's look it up while you're while you're monologuing here. He's just hitting uh, his uh, adulthood uh, stage here. So maybe, you know, maybe the light bulb clicks for him now. That would be incredible for the Broncos. Excited about that. I'm curious to see what Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton look like in this offense. And then you have uh, Marvin Mims, who the Broncos traded up for uh, to go get. And uh, he's been a very fun. I think he's an extremely intelligent uh, young person as well. And uh, what is the all-time high school Texas receiving yards or catch uh I think it's receiving yards player and uh, was really highly rated out of there. Had a really good season on uh, Oklahoma, despite the offense having the letdown post Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams uh, last year. So I, I'm excited about the wide receiver room as well. I don't know if I'm insanely excited though, because I don't know if I see a true absolute monster on that. You know, I think Jerry Judy can be very good. I think Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick can be very good. I see a lot of very good twos and threes. I don't know if I see a no doubt number one dominant kind of guy. And that would keep me from being insanely excited. 
Yeah, and and I think part of this, Alec, appreciate the support coming in. Um, is there was a lot of talk about trading this guy? You know, Cortland Sutton. They want to was it a third round pick? Okay, mm -hmm. it's hard when there's talk constantly about your, your team trying to move on from your assets, trying to trade players. It's hard to be overly excited about them. Oh, the Broncos want Jerry Judy. They'd take a high second pick. No, or a first. They, they, they're trying to move Cortland Sutton. They'd take a third. I think that has helped hedge, going back to the theme of the show, uh, hedge the bets on, on some of the players about getting, or some of the fans about getting too excited about the wide receiver room. I said all along, a third round pick for Cortland Sutton makes zero sense to me, unless there's something else going on behind the scenes. We mentioned fresh faces, new blood, leadership, new voices, all that type of stuff. The money, the money in there. Um, but it, it makes more sense to me for the money, Nick, to do it next year. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to make a move, you know, because again, you're probably not going to have three $15 million receivers on the, on the roster. And that's where Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, and Jerry Judy will be next year. Yeah. Um, insanely excited. I, I think it's actually being slept on. So are you the only one insanely excited? Probably because I think the wide receiver room is being slept on by this team because of the loss of faith in Russell Wilson and the people are forgetting about the weapons that are actually there. Um, Michaela Israel coming in with a super sticker. Thank you. We appreciate your support as well. Um, saw your note is, you know, the friend of Bill type of thing along with, uh, with Clayton. So congratulations. Hope things are uh, going well for you. Yeah. Congrats to you guys. Uh, coming back to the wide receiver room. Very talented. I'm just, we've talked about it on here a good bit as well. Cause it's the off season and we kind of, you know, sometimes themes, um, reshow themselves, but, uh, it's not so much the talent of this room, but how is the talent going to be used? Uh, Cortland Sutton, is he going to end up being a big slot type? I mean, one of his best routes is the the slant. And we saw what, I mean, Michael Thomas is the Michael slant Thomas boy. Kind the of, slant god. Yeah, right? In the <laughs> bigger body type. I mean, Sutton, I don't think is as good in the contested catch area, but he can be he can be out there and become maybe the big slot. Jury Judy last year kind of was unlocked when he went from that slot uh, Z to more of an X position. So, what does it look like with all these guys out there? Tim Patrick back in the fold. Uh, and how many targets are there even available? Is this going to be a high-volume pass offense? Everything that I'm reading as far as the moves this offseason say, no, it's going to be balanced, maybe even trending to being one of the more run-heavy teams this year. So how many? Uh, what is the overall volume going to look like? I'd rather them be efficient than you know high-volume but not efficient, personally. But uh, I'm really curious just to see the roles. And what the offense looks like this season more than probably what probably big anything move, else. I can think of one. I can think of one big move that was made this offseason by the Broncos that wasn't geared towards getting tougher in the run and against the run. I can think of one. The trade up for Marvin Mims. I mean, Marvin Mims. Yep. This guy. Yep. yep. What Alex says, Marvin Mims. That's the only one I can really think of that wasn't geared towards being a tougher team in the running game and against run everything else is about becoming more physical. That's, yeah. that's not an accident. Um, Lou one Oh one comes in with a, a good point. And I want to, I want to kind of bounce this one back to you as well. Nick says Peyton has shown he's not done bringing in new blood. I don't see how he'd be any more impressed with Cushenberry than we are. I'm sure I'll have options once the roster cut down time starts uh, across the league. Cause there's what, if you go <clears throat> 94, 90 man rosters, or does it go up to even like 95, 90 man rosters? There's, you know, 30 players per team. There's going to be a thousand players available via waiver wire uh, come September 1st, August 30th or somewhere in there. 
uh, on the, the big cut down day. The question here, though, how could he be impressed? All right, open camp. We're all there. We've got tickets. We watch. What do we start off this show by saying was the biggest concern on this team, Nick? Defensive line depth. Interior defensive line. Yeah. My God, Lloyd Cushenberry looks great. He's beating up the guys that we said aren't good enough. Mm-hmm. So you always have to hedge your bets. Again, theme of the show, hedge your bets when you're watching internal work going on. Yeah. Is he that good or is a guy you're going against that bad? Is the offense playing well or are they throttling down the defense? Is a wide receiver beating this corner? Is he that good or does this corner need to be somewhere else? So how could he be impressed? Lloyd Cushenberry could have a fantastic preseason and still not be good enough. Yeah, I would not get too excited if uh, Lloyd Cushenberry is looking great against the likes of Jonathan Harris, uh, Jordan Jackson, Elijah Garcia, uh, Tyler Lancaster, PJ Mustafer. I mean, just the names we're talking about there as far as the the back end of the defensive line. Hopefully one of those guys will step up. I heard that PJ Mustafer at least looked okay in a training or mini camp, rookie mini camp, et cetera, et cetera. So maybe he can step up and be a guy who's actually pretty good at Penn State. Doesn't offer very much in pass rush, but he's a actual body type uh, that can come off. So uh, come look, come off the bus and look like, Oh, that's an NFL player, which does matter for positions like the trenches. Obviously there are always exceptions to the rules, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't hurt to have a typecast kind of guys. Ozzy Wombat coming in here with a really cool, uh, looks like a uh, galaxy uh, photo there. Milky way photo there from Australia it says hi from Perth, Australia, 10 30 PM. Uh, do you guys think we'll be a 60 40 run over receive or 60 40 receiving over run? I don't think there was a single team in the NFL that was uh, had more runs than passes last season. And I think even going f- uh, like 55, 45 run to pass would be one of the more, or pass to run would be one of the more heavier run teams in the NFL. So I think you're going to see the Broncos be in the top 10 in terms of their run to pass ratio, but it's probably going to be somewhere from like 50, 50 to 60, 40. Passing I was over just rushing. looking it up. Um, Cause I was like, I think the most run heavy team, was the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. And they had 558 rushing attempts against 377. Quick math on that becomes what? 922? I'll just call it 930. Um, so 558 divided by 930 becomes exactly 60%. No, 61%. I don't think it'll be that run heavy either way. Uh, and no. I think they were by far the most run heavy team. I, I think you will see it more runs, and I think you'll see more efficient runs. But you want you want balance in this. The Falcons are going to be a run-heavy team. They're not running 60% of the time. Uh, but the Bears, because Justin Fields ran out of passing plays so often, it skewed that number very heavily, and 60% was by far, if I, if I, I think I'm right on this, was by I, far the, the most run-heavy team. I just pulled it up for... 2022 uh the bears uh threw the ball in 43.81 percent of the time atlanta 44.71 baltimore 49.82 philly 50 those were probably called plays so they probably said you know they dropped back and passed because the actual rushing attempts versus passing mm-hmm. was 60 percent. it probably is yeah scrambles are counted as right broken plays passing are counted plays, as probably. passing plays mm-hmm. uh the big thing here with a lot of these teams that were listed here in the bottom five six is that they fielded rushing quarterbacks. And uh, the Broncos, I don't see them using a lot of quarterback options with uh, Russell Wilson this season. Uh, just doesn't don't think it's a smart move for them. So I think the Broncos will probably be somewhere in the, uh, the bottom 10, or top 10, whatever you want to look at it, in terms of balance. I think they pass probably a little bit more, 
uh, than uh, the a lot of teams, but I think they'll be in the 50-50 to 55-45 pass to run uh, range this season. Yeah, which is still, again, it, it will be, I, you expect it to be pretty close to being balanced. You, you've got to have a balanced team. Uh, and again, you know, we just mentioned that every single move the Broncos have made have been to become more, to be stronger in the running game and against the run. Yep, yep. So we got a DWJ coming in here saying, sorry, dropping in late. You guys talked about Uazurike. Yes, we did. We talked about it. You can go back to the front. And uh, it's 8.30, so we got to wrap it on up here, guys. Uh, Broncos bring in Uazurike is suspended for gambling for the year. We'll see what happens with him. Broncos questions on the interior defensive line become even more of a question mark going forward. Probably have to bring in somebody. We'll see. And then I talked a little bit about Russell Wilson and the balance of the offense and the personalities and scheme between uh, Russell Wilson and head coach Sean Payton being the key to the Broncos team this season. Key storyline, according to Eric at home of NFL.com. Uh, Rob Buxbaum comes in $2 says, when do your Monday shows start up again? Uh, probably sometime in the next three weeks or so. Uh, definitely before uh, the end of the year. We haven't talked about it so much yet, but uh, I'm sure they'll be starting up here again pretty soon. Um, I do have some more uh, backpacking trips and whatnot still on the books for August. Cause really, backpacking season out here doesn't start until the end of July uh, because the snow doesn't really melt until then anyway. So August through mid September is when you have a chance to get out there. Uh, but uh, no, yeah, we'll be, uh, we'll be up on it here pretty soon. I'm sure Scott and I will talk about that after I get back from my Idaho trip. Yeah. I would think the latest I'd probably want to do it. Rob is August 14th. That's the first Monday after the first preseason game. So, you know, once preseason starts, we want to start breaking down games and be on here for that. So the first preseason game, I just looked it up, said August 11th. Told you it's coming fast, y'all. Coming really fast. So um, that would be that would be the answer for me is is the, that would be the latest for me. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, put it on the calendars. There we go. Um, but guys, we got to get on out of here. I got to walk the dog and get on into work. Um, I will be back again tonight and then Scott and I will be back again next uh Wednesday morning um, when we're back. I'm not sure what the plan is for next Thursday and Tuesday. We'll be here Thursday. Um, I will not be available Thursday and Nick's out. So we'll be back next Tuesday for Broncos for breakfast. So a week from today. Michael comes in. Says, great show today. Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and buck them. Buck you too. Uh, thank you so much, Michael. Make sure you guys are following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at BFB underscore pod as well as uh, at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. And as the ticker says under, underneath, if you guys are joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe to Mile High Huddle, like the channel, like the show, and share it on your social media platforms. Scott, uh, we will see you again later tonight. It'll be Carl and I, but you'll be joining us on the back end on the ones and twos. So we appreciate that. You guys have a great rest of your day. I will see you on Building the Broncos tonight. But until then, make sure you continue to choose kindness and compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online. Schedule package pickups through the dashboard and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.